This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, This is an underreported area of investigation and activity. Big multinational corporations and their business practices, not just at home, but in particular abroad, where there's often less legal oversight and it's easier to you know, bribe your way to deals, particularly because how C-suites in this country have become indistinguishable from college campuses. A lot of preening, a lot of moralizing, a lot of virtue signaling. And uh, then uh, when you're not looking, when their corporate comms department isn't pressing profile, how they're actually behaving in advance of their pecuniary interests. So this book, Kickback by David Montero, has me intrigued. Kickback, Exposing the Global Corporate Bribery Network. David Montero is formerly a correspondent for the Christian Science Monitor and a producer for uh, PBS's series Frontline. Uh, he has uh, twice been honored with Emmy Award nominations as well as the South Asian Journalist Association's Daniel Pearl Award. Uh, Montero is an L.A. Times national correspondent now. And again, the book Kickback, Exposing the Global Corporate Bribery Network. David, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for so much for having me. So um, you uh, have examples in the book uh, that zero in on Fortune 500 companies that uh, enjoy, um, you know, relatively hands-off uh, approach from the uh, political and investigative press corps. And uh, I want to hear about uh, uh, big, uh, big uh, pharma companies and others and what they're doing overseas that perhaps would shock the consciences of uh, some of their employees, much less the public at large. Yeah, for the last 10 years, um, many big pharmaceutical companies, as you mentioned, names that we know, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Bristol-Myers, Squibb, AstraZeneca, GlaxoSmithKline, um, they have been paying bribes to doctors, countless doctors throughout China. China is one of their biggest markets. It's, it's a market that has kept them in business when their stocks have declined um, in the West and in the United States. So they made this big push into China by paying um, often small bribes. Sometimes they bribe doctors with cigarettes or uh, eyeglasses or, or, or promises to send doctors to Disneyland on junkets. Um, and these doctors were induced to overprescribe medicine that people often didn't need, like antibiotics and China, as a result, has one of the highest rates of overprescription of antibiotics in the world. Um, I, I'm not the one who said that Pfizer and Novartis and Bristol-Myers Squibb did this. The, the, the SEC and the Justice Department settled investigations with all these companies in the last uh, few years, and they've paid uh, more than $100 million in fines collectively to, to settle those investigations. And uh, it's just kind of continue to develop that. So the net effect of these investigations have found what in terms of not just the actual transaction, but the impact of that transaction, the human cost. 
Well, that's a very interesting thing. These investigations almost never look at the impact of these bribes. Uh, there's the reason for that is that the Justice Department, the SEC, it's not within their mandate to to go and follow the money and figure out well what did these bribes do. So the the, the SEC and the Justice Department prosecute this crime as if it were just uh, any kind of white collar crime. It, that basically these companies are fined for filing false paperwork. Mm-hmm. It's up to a journalist like me to go to China and figure out well what actually happens when Pfizer and Eli Lilly bribe countless doctors throughout the country uh, to, 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 to prescribe medicine. So th- th- sadly, these settlements never – these settlements, in a sense, buy silence on the issue of the impact. But by going to the countries where the bribes are paid, as I did, and speaking to doctors and patients and the Chinese government even, which is very upset about these bribes, and has been cracking down on it, that's where you learn what the impact is. You know, for your next book, you can come to Chicago and do a book about political kickbacks. <laughs> Does that ever interest yeah. you? <laughs> well, that does, but they're all legal, of course, in the United States. You know, <laughs> yeah. Abroad, this is this is illegal, it's bribery. In the United States, it's called lobbying. Right, exactly. Well, uh, a fair yep. point. Um, and it's good to, to make sure people understand that Paul Manafort is not the only person out there, perhaps in violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Um, here's uh, the, the question, though, about uh, about impact. I assume the drug companies will say, David, uh, well, it's not bribery. Here's what we're doing. We're incentivizing doctors to use mm-hmm. our version of a particular medicine over a competitor's version. But they're going to use that medicine and that medicine is used properly. It's just our brand versus their brand. And so that's just incentivizing the use of of one substitute over the other. Yes, right. And But I spoke to doctors themselves who had been bribed and who told me there's a real danger. Of course, these doctors claim I didn't overprescribe uh, this antibiotic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to believe them. But they felt that doctors that they knew were definitely overprescribing things because it's how they made their salary. Their doctors are paid so so little in China. They felt like they couldn't really take care of their families unless they were getting these kickbacks, and in return, they overprescribed. I spoke to drug reps who worked for huge European companies who told me, yeah, I have doctors who they're overprescribing so much, and we know it because we track their prescriptions every month, mm-hmm. um, that we had to kind of tell them to stop. You know, they were kind of the, – sometimes the overprescriptions were so high that we felt like maybe they should not be prescribing as much. So I, I understand the companies will say that, but that that's just I, – I think it's a it's a facile argument. And how, oh, how are the offers made? I mean, do they go to their – office or do they go to their homes do they meet them on a park bench how does this work yeah they go they go to their so this one doctor i met told me every month two uh reps would come to my office and they would talk to me about how their product um is much better than the competitions and that they would support me if i supported them and so then every month after she agreed to do that uh, and she agreed to uh, do this for about a year to take bribes and in return for prescriptions, the reps would come every month and sit in her office and they would give her 50 bucks. It wasn't a lot of money, but that was just one drug company that was paying her off. So, yeah, they come, they sit, they would pass her the money, and then they would say thank you. And I remember she laughed in our interview when she told me that because she thought it was so funny how they were thanking her for her corruption every month. What about um, uh, companies that do business with uh, despotic regimes? And I mean more than just do business, you know, really uh, facilitate, if not underwrite, human rights abuses and other dictatorial practices in foreign countries? 
Yeah, exactly. So in China, we're talking about bribery kind of on a on a very small level, right? The, the amount of money is small, and the doctors are are don't have that much power or influence. But then again, bribery often takes place on a very grand scale. So a very good example, which I document in the book, is Alcoa, a Fortune 500 company, the largest aluminum manufacturer in the world, and the $130 million in bribes it paid to the royal family of Bahrain. Um, in the period leading up to the Arab Spring, when citizens throughout the Middle East were protesting against the corruption, you know, the ver this very kind of corruption that they were upset about, that their rulers were engaging in, Alcoa was 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 doing this. It was it was it used a middleman to pay all these bribes to uh, uh, allegedly the, the the prime minister of the country and then several very powerful sheikhs, and. The royal family of Bahrain is, is very well documented as being a, a human rights abuser. They're, they're uh, abusing especially religious minorities. When the Arab Spring took place, they, they violently crushed uh, the uprisings in the street, and uh, dozens of people died. I think hundreds of people were jailed. And so the bribes that Alcoa paid kept this regime in power and, 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 and kept them in power because they want to keep receiving these bribes, how they use that money to uh, directly stifle uh, dissent, we don't know, but we can assume that it's it's a pillar of their support. Hundreds of millions of dollars of bribes help them stay in power and do whatever they want. I, I want to get your um, uh, sort of uh, handle on Greece as well, because you use Greece as an example of corporations outsourcing bribery to sort of uh, higher gun super agents. Um, and uh, so... The, the Greek economy sort of mirrors what's happening in Illinois. So, and I, I and the use of super agents too from the political class too. It sounds very familiar. So I'm interested to hear that story. Yeah, I mean, uh, as we know, Greece is in economic turmoil, um, just recovering from that. One of the reasons that Greece is in this turmoil is because it overspent so much on healthcare, and one of the reasons it overspent so much on healthcare is because, like in China, doctors, surgeons were being bribed to use uh, products they didn't need, or even surgery in surgery, they were using products, maybe more screws and orthopedic screws than they needed. A lot of the major orthopedic companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Smith & Nephew, um, they all used the same agent in Greece to do this. This, this was a, a well-established businessman in Greece who had relationships with all the top doctors in, in the country, and it was a very turnkey solution for a company like Dupuis, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, their orthopedic subsidiary, to go to this guy and say, well, we want our product in the market. And we know that we have to compete against Smith & Nephew. And you pay bribes on behalf of Smith & Nephew, but we want, them, we want you to pay them on our behalf now. And so that's what he did. He, he set up relationships. He set up fake bank accounts around the world, and he funneled money from – his various shell companies in, in England to these bank accounts, and then from the bank accounts to thousands of doctors. It was kind of a, a huge operation to do this. And is the reason that there's so few prosecutions uh, of executives at these big companies just because of the complicated nature, the time, how time-consuming it is, how expensive it is for justice to bring cases against them? And so in some respects, they're above the law because of their influence and money and power? Well, what the Justice Department told me, many, many people told me, is that it's exceedingly difficult to prove the intent of an individual in, in any criminal case, but particularly in a bribery case. Why? Because 
the the act took place abroad. The evidence is often abroad, and the witnesses who can speak to that evidence are often abroad. So, according to the Justice Department, it's very time-consuming, resource-consuming to get that evidence. You may have to go to a place like Nigeria and ask for bank statements. The banks may not uh, comply. Even if you get those bank statements, which could take months, you then may need to bring a witness into, if this goes to trial, you would need to bring a witness into the courtroom to say, well, these are what the bank accounts mean and why the jury should care. A witness may not be able to, they may not be able to find a witness. They may, the witness may not cooperate. So from their standpoint, it's, it's, it's a resource issue. I do think, however, that if they wanted to, they could continue to spend the resources. Part of the problem is the, the Justice Department doesn't like to lose at trial. It has suffered some pretty bad public losses at trial when it, when it, in bribery cases, and I think since then they've been a little bit gun-shy, or you might even say quite gun-shy, about trying to bring a case which is difficult against an executive only to have it fail and then embolden other executives to say, well, great, I'll go to trial too next time and I'll fight this and maybe it'll collapse because it's difficult to, to gather the evidence and then to present it to a jury and make them understand how this one person was particularly liable. Really interesting. David Montero is the author. He's an L.A. Times national correspondent. The book is Kickback, Exposing the Global Corporate Bribery Network. David, thanks for joining us. Good luck with the book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And he joined us on our turn.